millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from Talk Sport. Game day, your verdict. The Premier League is back after the international break and, as ever, it delivered some great entertainment on game day with TalkSport. Jose Mourinho got off to the perfect start as Tottenham boss with a win over West Ham. Arsenal left it late to secure a point against Southampton and Everton lost again under Marco Silva. You've had your say on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. Here's the very best of your thoughts from the full-time phone-in with Adrian Durham and Alvin Martin and your verdict with me, Laura Woods and Darren Bent. This is the Game Day Your Verdict podcast. Let's get straight into it and head over to the Emirates Stadium. Southampton had a lot of the ball today and, and far more chances than you. Am I am I right to say you were outplayed here? Well, maybe they, they, they took more chances uh, when they were winning 1-2 because we, we took risk. But with that risk, uh, they 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 had uh, some chances. But we draw also because we we, we were finding finding that 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 uh, that situation. But really, 90 minutes we didn't uh, control the match uh, like we wanted, uh, and also we played with very good attitude. The players and also trying the first half, uh, second half we changed the system. We also use another players, and uh, really, uh, I think uh, that's that's uh, that point is not enough. Uh, how we play it is not enough. And I, un- I understand the, play, the support and the players, they are frustrated, but uh, now is to analyze and, 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 uh, and to find solutions for to improve. And, and we know here that uh, in Emirates is, uh, is uh, the key for, for to improve and to connect with our supporters and, and to feel comfortable and to feel strong. You mentioned that connection, you were booed off. I mean, the, the fans have obviously, I won't say they've had enough, but they're, they're very angry right now. You, you were booed off today, your team. What about that connection? How can you connect with these fans? Yes, I understand. And after we were we were losing one two, we draw, but we, we weren't happy uh, because that's three points they, they they were very important, and uh, we lost that opportunity. And we lost also that that opportunity for to to connect with them and, and also to show them uh, our our quality with uh, with a good result, with good uh, good uh, good uh, game. But really, we didn't do we didn't do, and and uh, we we need to have to. To wait or to work for the next match to show then uh, again uh, how we can improve. Have results been good enough lately, in your opinion? Now, uh, really, uh, the result is is one point, uh, but is. Yeah, but in general, have all the results for Arsenal been good enough? I mean, the, what the thing I'm getting at is you're under pressure. You, you know you're under pressure, and and today won't help that. I mean, there's going to be more pressure on you after today, isn't there? No, no, it's, it's not under pressure, it's, it's demands. I, I, I have a big demands because my responsibility is big. And uh, now it's a uh, job for, my job is uh, to find solution. 
But we saw Pochettino sack this week, and he and, and Spurs last season got to a Champions League final. Some people will say under 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 you, Arsenal are no further forward than they were under the previous manager. Yes, it's, it's big responsibility. It's big responsibility, and, and I made demands. Okay, brilliant. thanks for joining us live on Talksport too. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Unai Emery this afternoon, Adrian, for you after the two-two draw here with Southampton. Uh, Moose, thank you very much. <laughs> Please never anybody accuse the moose of not asking difficult questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Adrian, I, I can only I can only respond uh, to 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 the, what I heard there. And I I don't know. I feel underwhelmed when I hear him talk. Is he, does he sound like the sort of manager that 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 would lift you in a dressing room? That would um, that would maybe frighten you a little bit if he had to. You know, I, I just don't get it. I listened to him talk in that interview. And he seems like a really nice guy, no problem at all. But he's not inspiring, is he? No, I'd agree with that. And listen, there's four wins out of 13. And now he's saying, now's the time to find a solution. And and no, that, that time was long ago. You know, the solution was needed the day you started the job. I mean, that he was trying to find a solution to the problem. The problem Arsenal had was they were no longer competitive with the elite. They were no longer in the Champions League. So his job for the last 18 months since he got the job has been to find the solution. And today he's saying, now my job is to find the solution. He's miles behind and that's out of touch with the Arsenal fans, in my opinion. But fair play to the Moose. Unbelievable, literally unbelievable questions from him. Let's speak to an Arsenal fan, Piers. An Arsenal fan has been waiting uh, on the line, listening to that interview. How are you doing, Piers? Yeah, good, boys. How are you doing? Is, is this the end of the road for Emery? Oh, absolutely. He should have gone a long time ago. And I have to say, hats off to the Moose. I thoroughly enjoyed that, giving him a grilling. Because I'm not trying to be funny. I, I, I thought you boys were winding me up and playing a recording of his last interview, or the one before that, or the one against Leicester. It's, it's the same. It's the same words. It's the, it's, it's the same nonsense. He's got nothing of substance to say. And if us as fans are feeling like that, we're not having him. What are the players thinking? I tell you, going to, the, going to the players, old Piers, how many players in this Arsenal team, mate, do you think are Arsenal calibre? I'm, I'm talking about not now, but like of days gone by. And when you, when you were winning titles, how many of these players would get anywhere near that, that them teams? Do you know what? Listen, I'm, I'm a season to get older. I've been going for a fair few years now. Um, I've seen some shocking players, but I've also seen some well-beaters. And there, there are a couple of well-beaters in there, but he can't get a tune out of them. We, uh, we're, we're lucky that we have got a couple of stars, like your Aubameyangs, uh, your Lacazettes, your Moza Ozil on his day, because they get us out of jail. But Emery cannot get a tune out of this team. He's, he's well out of his depth. And I'm not trying to be funny. Today, I'm, I'm driving back from the game now, right? And a game like that under Wenger, we bury them 4-0. And I know we take the odd hiding off a big team, 4-5-0, and it would be really depressing. But at least the lower, le- the lower half of the league teams... We would bury them and we play sexy football and it'd be a joy to watch. We haven't even got that anymore. We've regressed massively and I want him gone tonight. Do you know what? One more thing I'll say on that. Uh, fair play to Daniel Levy. They've shown ambition there and they've acted quickly and that is what ambitious clubs do. And he's picked us to the post because I'd have had Mourinho tomorrow. We don't owe Emery anything. He's not that. All he's done for us is take us to Azerbaijan so we can get our pants pulled down. Your thoughts on uh, Unai Emery, TJ? Uh, good evening, lads. Hi. Well, Unai Emery has got to go. He is awful. He is awful. He's, he, he doesn't have a clue what he's doing. He can't motivate the players. Tactically, in it, absolutely awful. I was listening to Ollie, your previous caller. The thing is, Bournemouth 
have absolutely no right to be in the Premier League. Every day they're in the Premier League is Christmas for them, so they should be happy that they're in. And every season that they stay in the Premier League is down to Eddie Howe. So for them to be talking about Eddie Howe to be out is bonkers for me. And you know what? I'll take Eddie Howe any day of the week. Absolutely any day of the week. They don't know what they've got. And if, if, if push comes to shove, he will go to a better club and get better results. They're a, they're a relatively small club who are in the Premier League because of Eddie Howe. So he should be thanking his lucky stars, I think. Blimey, would you take Eddie Howe over Allegri, over Pochettino? No, no, no. no. It, <laughs> look, Pochettino is the one for us. Not only because he's a great manager, but because we need to get one over Spurs. It would be an absolute chess move, but we just, we just don't know what we're doing. We're transfers, all managers. Absolute, absolutely Poch all the way. All right? If you can't yeah. get Poch, Eddie Howe, Nuno Spirito Santo, uh, those managers who, who are proven in the Premier League. Adam, who's an Arsenal fan, Arsenal held at home today. Adam, how are you feeling? And what now for Unai Emery at Arsenal? Oh, mate, honestly, I've, I've, I've had enough. It's a complete... I thought it was a mess on finger in his last years there. I've never seen it like this. And how stupid did the board look now? That statement that they released going into the international break saying that they believed in Emre, they believed in the players, they were happy with the direction that we were going in. And we're drawing 2-2 with Southampton. It's unbelievable. The tactics are wrong, the team selection. You're going through at the back against a team that's sitting near the bottom of the table. It's unbelievable. Well, and people, people will look at the table and they'll see Arsenal 7th, but don't be fooled because Arsenal in 7th on 18th points. Newcastle are 14th with a game in hand on 15th. It's so tight in that middle ground. Arsenal are below Burnley, below Wolves, below, as we know, Leicester City. Four wins in their 13, Adam. And I'll tell you what, we'll keep on sinking if Unai Emery stays there. And I'll tell you what, Poch is sitting there. He's just waiting for a phone call. If United lose tomorrow or drop points, I guarantee they'll be in for him. Everton, I can't see Silvers being there for much longer. We need to make a move for Poch ASAP. And I'll tell you what, we've got, going after the international break, we had Southampton today, we've got Norwich, I think it's Brighton after that coming up. After that, then we get into the thick of it at Christmas. We've got City, we've got United, we've got Chelsea, we've got, we've got um, I think it's, uh, we've got Chelsea within the space of a few weeks. It's only going to get worse. It's a no-brainer. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer. You've got to go and get Pochettino. He will improve your 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 squad. Your squad is good, but I'll tell you what: if if you don't uh, make a change now, there's a chance that people like Aubameyang, who's been the one shining light in your season, you wait. How, how long is he going to stay for? Adrian, he's there. He, if, if they're not winning anything, they're not going to hold on to their best players, and they've got a forward line that would that, that would grace the, certainly the top four in in the division. Game day. Your verdict. On Talk Sport. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. A victory then on your Spurs first game in charge, your debut for the club today. Um, mixed feelings though towards the end? No, first of all, it's not about me. Uh, you know, I, for me, it's not important my first game, my second game. It's Tottenham. Tottenham is important, players are important. I'm very happy for the club, for the players. Three points, a little jump in the table. Happiness, music in the way dressing room because it's something that they didn't have for uh, almost a year. That is uh, the most important thing. I think uh, would be impossible to play the perfect 90 minutes. Impossible. Uh, coming from the national team, change the manager, mixed emotions, training, lots of concentration to try to try to eat uh, my message. Not easy at all for them. So for me, it's normal. For me, it's normal um, that we had a little, a little period where uh, we gave them the initiative, and then they try to play more direct. And then Antonio is not an easy guy with with Aller and first ball, second ball, more crosses, ball in the box, one more corner, another one. Is never is never easy in the in the Premier League. But uh, I'm very happy with with the players and for the players. Yeah, you had three days with the players obviously coming in on Wednesday. How difficult has it been to get your message across and how pleased are you given you only had a short period of time to get that win today? Yeah, we need to be very, very selective on the information. You cannot uh, fill the player's brain with information. You cannot train a lot. You have just to be selective in the ideas you want to bring to the team and to the positional play and be, be, be really, really selective with that, which I think we did. So the players... They found some some little help in, in in principles of play, but then it was about them, and that's why I'm very happy for them uh, and very happy with them. And finally, from me, Jose, you joked in the week about Deli Ali potentially being his brother playing instead of him. Yeah, what a performance from him today! No, 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 his brother stayed at home. Deli, <laughs> uh, Deli was here, uh, the Deli that uh, everybody. Uh, loves the deli that many clubs were trying to to buy a few years ago. Um, this this is deli. Um, I took him off uh, minutes 70 something because uh, I felt that uh, that energy was coming down a little bit. I brought Christian because I thought he could give us some some stability in a period where uh, we need the ball. Um, but really really pleased and I'm I'm happy that. Uh, he was chosen for the man of the match because it's a good feeling for for a boy that uh, in previous matches was staying at home and sending his brother. Let's speak to a Spurs fan. Lee is with us on TalkSport 2. How are you doing, Lee? Hello, hello, Adrian. It's the rabbi, Lee the rabbi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, how, yeah. how are you feeling? I mean, are, are you? is it, is it all I... warm love for Mourinho? With Mourinho, I phoned up the other day and I was upset. Of course, you know, we all love Pochettino, you know, and it's the way Daniel Levy goes about things. But hey-ho. But the respect today, I give that man, right? Well, yes, the result was great. But what I liked about him is, at the end of the game, he didn't 
go up to the Tottenham fans. He stayed about 30, 40 yards away. He clapped. He waited to all the, you know, players went over. You know, you can watch the replay. And he was looking at the Spurs fans. And the respect, he could have gone up there, rubbed it in our faces, you know, but I give him respect. And, yeah, I'm warming to him. If I warm any more, I'll be on fire. Seriously. <laughs> he has changed. He probably has changed. I think the Man United experience has changed him. I think he's a little more humble. I think he realises he can't be as abrupt with the players now. So I think he's got to be a little bit more friendly. Um, and, and, and there has been a change in him. But whether or not it's, it's going to be uh, good enough to, to get you, you where see, you want to go, mate, I don't know. A, you could see a change in the players today, in the attitude. Look at Deli Alley. Come on. I haven't seen Deli Ali play like that. That first half, that little bit of skill, what he done was fantastic. I haven't seen that from the man for about a year, six months. You know, that was missing. You know, the boy at the back, uh, Sanchez, all right, he made a mistake for the second goal. He had a cracking game. Honestly, I see a difference. Lee, I I make you right, Lee, and appreciate the call. Thank you very much, mate. I think that there's a couple of things. I mean, we had an interview uh, before kickoff at the London Stadium with Deli Alley, an exclusive interview, the Moose and Deli Alley. And you know what, Alvin, just very quickly, he was calling, when he was talking about Pochettino and how much he liked him, he kept calling him Poch. And I was thinking to myself, is that right? Is that is that how he should be referring to him? Was was there a healthy distance? And in the end, was that the reason why maybe the players weren't listening to him that it's got to be it's got to be right hasn't it that well well he done something right he did something very right for Tottenham uh, Pochettino so whatever we think about his style he, he might I think he is close to his players I think Harry Kane said that earlier when he when he when he uh, he left his message he, he said you ain't just a manager you and my friend now that's that, that's great if you can do that and you can keep that 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 um that relationship at a certain level and at a certain distance as well it's it's a very tricky thing to do but yeah I think he did it and I think his players um all respect him and they, 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 he's developed them players. A lot of them players would not have been where they are now without him and they all I think understand that. Harry Kane more or less said that didn't he? I think Ali, he brought him he brought him in as a you know a league one player and, 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 and he was playing Premier League football. So all the players that have come through that treadmill while he was there all loved him and he will go on to do the same again. Now whether that, that relationship somewhere along the line got too close or whatever I don't know but I didn't see players not playing for him. I, I think things went against him this year and I think they, they rolled a little bit of luck last year, Adrian, but I think he's been batting, um, certainly punching above his weight now, I think, Pochettino, with the, the, the depth of squad and the quality of squad in comparison to the other uh, teams that he's been fighting against. And the other two teams, Liverpool and Man City, had a lot more than him. Stuart said something quite interesting earlier on. Jose Mourinho wouldn't have gone to that club before when that club was pre Maurizio Pochettino era mm. when when it wasn't a, a top four club when it wasn't a potential Champions League final club it have, has he changed I mean does that not count for anything in football is yeah. that not something you'd stick on your CV yeah of course yeah because as I said he's um, he's established Spurs as a top four side got into a Champions League final and you're right he's developed the training ground mm. they've got a new stadium and stuff but at the same time before they were kind of floating with the top four sometimes finishing fifth and uh, Jose Mourinho's coming from a place where he's won Premier League titles won Champions Leagues so he's always competing for something so that's probably why he wouldn't have gone it back then but for me um, it won't be too long before he's, he's in a job because as I said Pochettino he's a potentially a, a fantastic manager but as I said it looks like it's going to be a fair few that could be out of a job soon when you look at that team and the potential players in it that are starters you know people that would be in their starting lineup Alderweireld Vertonghen um, Christian Eriksen that aren't starting this season because they want away 
Danny Rose as well has outwardly said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to leave this club. How difficult is it for a, for a manager who even came out and said, don't call me manager, I'm head coach, I'm not in charge of the ins and outs of this club. How difficult do you think his job was towards the end of his tenure that he couldn't play his best players, they weren't happy to be there, mm. obviously had discomfort in the ranks somehow. Do you not look at that and think it, it goes beyond Maurizio Pochettino? Yeah, it does go beyond him. But as I said, I think the reason... I mean, you talk about his development of Harry Kane, Human Song. I mean, some of these guys, he's turned them into real world beaters. But I think when you look at Pochettino sometimes, the first thing a lot of people say about him is what a nice guy he is. And, oh, my God, I can't believe they sacked him because he's a really nice person. I got on really well with him. You look at some of the Instagram posts from some of the players, that obviously when he left. But Spurs don't need that. And I think that was that was the issue. Too many of them players got comfortable. They saw much of Pochettino more as a father figure, so then the authority maybe went out the window a little bit, which is why you start to see performances from people like Ericsson, who'd been brilliant the whole time he's been there up until this season, for Tongan, Toby over the world, the, these type of guys. So I think the perfect person to come in after that, someone who doesn't put up with all that and not scared to make the big decisions, is Jose Mourinho. And I think the biggest thing Spurs needed was someone with the, the mindset and the mentality about winning trophies, and this guy has got that in abundance. Not scared to turn the air blue. Exactly. He doesn't matter who, even if he signs someone for a lot of money, as we've seen when he went to Manchester United, if they're not pulling their weight and he's going to out that out them quickly, and if it means he's got to alienate them just to pull it out there, then he's going to do that. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Let's go to Johnny's a Manchester City fan. Hello, John. Welcome. Hiya, guys. If Hello. it's not hard enough defending the Premier League title for the third successive year, VAR, unbelievable. I mean, I don't. I haven't seen Liverpool's game. I haven't seen it at all. But when Phil Thompson, who you cut him in half, and he'll, he'll bleed red blood, and it'll, <laughs> read, and it'll read Liverpool through him when he says he doesn't know what it's chalked off for. Mm-hmm. It's like a conspiracy. It's really, really poor. Everything is a every decision that's referred by by two VAR is is is, is just beyond it. And why did Sergio Aguero not get a penalty when he was giving a piggyback to think it was Jorginho? He just dragged him to the ground. The referee's looking at it. It's clear. It's obvious. No, carry on. I mean, Jorginho got substituted before I sent off. I mean, he was just piggybacking half our team. A man of the match, not Riyad Mahrez, N'Golo Kansi, boss bit, all game long. He was magnificent. Yeah. So, that's from a City fan. He was, so, wasn't he? It's good to see him back. It's good to yeah. see him actually playing again and, and in that role as so, well. Thank you very much for your call. We're going to drop him off for a moment, but he did bring up another point. Um, this was a really odd one, actually. This was in the Brighton-Leicester game. Leicester went on to win this 2-0. Um, Jamie Vardy is about to take a penalty. There are what looks like three players encroaching at this mm. point. James Madison is not the furthest forward, by the way. There are two other players inside that box that are Brighton players as Jamie Vardy takes that penalty. It's saved, it's deflected, James Madison then goes on and scores a deflection. But then that penalty has to be retaken because of encroachment. So firstly, I mean, what? I don't don't understand why... Okay, so for example, if it's the Brighton players that are inside the box, I didn't think it mattered which side. If a player's encroaching, it's encroaching, isn't it? But if you go on and score a goal, like I'm I'm so confused with who's been penalised and and, and you're not going to play advantage. What's happened? I just think by the letter of the law, VAR, obviously if you encroach in the box before the penalty's taken, it's obviously got to be retaken now. If you're penalising the the defending team though... 
easy for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> then, then why don't you just allow that goal to stand? Because Mad- because Madison's encroaching as well. So obviously, because he's in the box mm. as well, it comes back to him. He's got an advantage over the defender because I think it was the right-hand side of, of Jamie Vardy was two Brighton players and on yeah. the left-hand side was Madison. I think maybe one other player, another Brighton player. But I said he, he's obviously gaining an advantage because he's gone that way. The keeper saved it and Madison's already got the edge on people and he's, he's headed it in the empty net. So if they it would have been retaken, even if, for example, after the clearance... A Brighton player had cleared it off the line. I think so, they yeah. They would have had to retake it They as well. would have had to because it's the rules. Let's go to Paul. Paul, can you bring some sort of sanity to the conversation? You're a Leicester fan. All right, good evening. Good, good evening. evening, all. Good evening. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, it's, so it carries on then. I mean, uh, <laughs> what's the saying? 2-0 to the Leicester boys. Not 1-0, not just uh, like that. Well, um, yeah, I'm not going to get too carried away. Just keep picking the ball. No, points, don't worry but, about uh, it. Go for it, Paul. Get carried away. Why well, not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pragmatic. I mean, obviously, we've read it before where everyone was saying, well, you're going to fall away, but we know we can't fall away now for a few weeks and stuff. But just keep picking the points up. We've got flipping the goal difference uh, is higher than the points total. That's a bit that's a bit back in the minute. But, uh, yeah, what I was going to say, I tried to the other week in the Arsenal, when we played Arsenal, and obviously you were Arsenal fans, and uh, I tweeted, uh, what's his name, Sophie, that Sophie, the Arsenal fan, as well, when about that, that. And fundamentally, the last few years, I think, the last few years, I believe pretty has been Vardy. He came here, obviously, thing. he's been a talisman, he's been the leader, and he leads the side up. He leads the side up and he demands, that's why he demands, because he's got to prove people wrong all the time. The likes of Chilwell and uh, Harvey Barnes and that, can only imagine what it's like to work 10 hours a day in a factory first. They'll never, they'll never do that. So we're going on the pitch, and I think, you know, big arts to earn the right to win the games, you know, to earn the right to, you know, to play the football and stuff. And I think that's, that's, that's kind of how it's been in, in stuff where... And that's what I'm today, scrap to you know, you know, to win the battles and stuff. And uh, I think that's, I think that's, in, I think that's important. You know, okay, he's not the captain Vardy, but he's a leader. He leads yeah, he, leads, he, 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 he definitely leads by example. I mean, I saw highlights today of him chasing lost causes and the amount of opportunities just with his sheer work rate, nicking it off defenders, getting in behind. And there's a few occasions I thought where Leicester could have done better. Where I think he's broke down the line if he squares it to Perez earlier, Perez would have scored before he got his yeah. goal. But at the minute, I mean, for me, that's one of the signings of the season that's gone under the radar, Perez, because he puts a shift yeah, in. Yeah. We, we, did, we didn't see it's that. Yeah, we, we didn't Bob see Collins, that really yeah. a consistent basis yeah, at Newcastle. Yeah, the recruitment's been, you know, it's everybody's all interested in us all the time. The players are supposed to take that, you know, take that as a compliment. But, you know, the recruitment has been really good the last few years. But and that's a bit of luck as, as well. But, yeah, just, just, it's just good. Obviously, we're not conceding and stuff. But, and obviously, Vardy can't stop scoring. But as, as for where we finish, you know, just keep, you know, you just, just don't get too carried away by it all and just keep picking the points up and, and that's it. I like to think we're going we're, we're to be in the top six. You know, top uh, six, do you but, say? Uh, well, yeah, definitely, because because we come down to the last two seasons, and I'm like that. I'm cautious, always cautious, optimism, but I just like that because it's top 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 six. But yeah, as the games go down, you know, with ten points clear of Wolves, that's four games, isn't it? At least four games before they can overtake. Mm. That's how I look at it. At least four games, and the games start wearing down. But we'll see. I'm sure we'll go through a bad patch, but the next few games, you know, I think we, sh- we should be winning them as well. But then we can probably come and stop, but I don't know. But yeah, Rogers has been superb. I yeah. wanted him from day one. As soon as he got rumoured, I thought, God, we'll be lucky to have him. I said that to my mates, we'll be really lucky if we have him at our club. I think he'll be a good fit. All right, Paul, well. thank you so much for your call. I appreciate that. Stuart, can I just bounce that idea off you? Um, the idea that Brendan Rogers, I mean, it's not a new idea. Everybody knows he's coming in and done wonders with that team. Uh, how difficult is it going to be to keep hold of Brendan Rogers? I would say it's going to be very difficult. Um, I, I felt maybe at time gone by that 
he was on his way to Arsenal, you know, a year and a bit ago. When, when Arsenal finished, I thought that was an absolute perfect fit and the style of play at Arsenal. And I don't want to take him away from Leicester. I thought that that was a really good fit. And I understand your your tonality when he said, we, I think we might finish in the top six. <laughs> I'll be astounded if they finished outside the top six so now, you know. Um, and Leicester's good seasons, if you look back over the last however many years, they all tally when Vardy plays well. If he plays well and leads the line well, Leicester have done well. They've won the league when he's done that. When he has a quiet season, they drop away from it. So he's so important to them. Stuart, is, is, is the one worry with Leicester um, the depth in their team and their squad that if they do come across a couple of injuries, one or two to key players, have they got enough on their bench to, to keep their intensity up? It depends which players get injured. And yeah. we've talked about the centre-forward. If they lose the centre-forward, they'll have a big, big problem, yeah. you know. And and Chilwell will be a big miss for mm. them as well, what he offers. But listen, he's got them going brilliantly there. They, they're full of beans at the moment. They're playing really well. And credit to them. I think they can finish wherever they want to finish this year, to be fair. I'm not sure. I think that maybe, maybe the top two is too much for them. But um, I certainly finish, think that and finish in the top four. Alex Crook is uh, interviewing uh, the managers and players right now. We'll hear those interviews a bit later on. But he's just uh, told me that Brendan Rodgers, uh, he's interviewed him and he says that Jamie Vardy has no interest in coming out of international retirement for Euro 2020. We'll hear that interview very shortly. It's such a shame, but I kind of knew that was coming. In fact, let's hear that interview now. Brendan Rodgers speaking to TalkSport. And obviously with Vardy scoring at such frequency now, is it inevitable that maybe Gareth Southgate might come calling before the Euros and try and tempt him out of retirement? Well, he's not interested. I think it's one that he's made that clear. Um, I think you see that he's he's clearly good enough to be there. But I don't think at his age he, he, he would really want to go and sit on the bench and travel. So uh, Harry Kane's a wonderful striker. He's playing. He plays majority of the minutes of the game. And, uh, and, that's, uh, and, and that's OK with Jamie. He's... He's prolonging his career at club level. You know, he's having that rest in the international break, and that's going to allow him to to continue playing hopefully for for a few more years. And just finally, do you think Leicester are benefiting from that? The fact he's had that two week break, he's come back refreshed and, and firing again today. Yeah, well, well I gave them the, the non international players. I gave them a week off just to, you know, before we arrive into a really busy busy period. So, um, yeah, he, he works very hard in training. He never misses a day's training. You know, he's he's. 32 and you see speed today and how fit and fresh he is he's, he's such a threat uh, he's such a joy to work with and, uh, and like I say hopefully there's many more goals to come there you go Brendan Rogers speaking to TalkSport um, about Jamie Vardy let me uh, Alvin give you a few uh, responses uh, on Twitter uh, to this uh, Christopher says this is generally what happens when someone retires why would he be interested well two points there players have come out of uh, retirement before that is a thing it does happen and also why would he be interested well because uh, England's group games are at Wembley uh, the semi-final final are at Wembley. You never know what might happen and you might just want to be part of it. I'm not saying he does. Clearly he doesn't. But it is a temptation. And Den says, why would he? He'd be shoved on the wing for 10 minutes at the end. Why no one passes to him? And I think that the big problem he's got, he was prepared to do this. Knowing Harry Kane was the number one striker, Alvin, he was prepared to be in the England squad and be on the bench for Euro 2016 and for the World Cup last year as well. He got eight minutes at the end of extra time against Croatia, which I think is Gareth Southgate's biggest mistake to date on the pitch for England. Vardy should have had at least half an hour, that whole of extra time 
on the pitch to try something different, to run at them. He was devastating here today, Alvin. Absolutely yeah. devastating. And people might say that that form for Leicester is because he's quit international football. And I get that. And it may well be a part of it. But I think that that was a massive error at the World Cup last year. Jamie Vardy, he's just sensational. I love watching him. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Let's speak to uh, John. He's a Brighton fan. How you doing, John? You're on Talk Sport too. What do you want to say? You all right, there, uh, Good show again, as always. Thanks, mate. Um, cheers. Uh, basically, I'm on my way back from the Amex now. I've been down there today. And Mike Dean is not the best. It's how he's a Premier League referee, I have no clue. Twice today, Mopai was pushed over the six-yard box and nothing was given on either, and there wasn't a VAR check. I don't understand why we've got VAR for it to be checking some things and not others. It's like it picks and chooses when it wants to be, when it wants to be used. Mm. And then Do you know what, John? I, John, I've been here at the Amex. I'm still here, and it's still chucking it down, by the way, and it's still raining into the press box. But I was wondering if VAR was working at one point because they weren't checking anything. They weren't at all. And then when they did start checking stuff... I'm still sat in the north end stand, so the opposite end to where the penalty was taken. I haven't got the first clue, firstly, that there was even a VAR decision going on. I saw him point to the spot. It took about a minute before it comes up on the screen. So you haven't got a clue what you, what's going on if you're a fan sat there. And then once the, um, once the penalty's taken and it comes out and it goes in, you see them celebrate. Then VAR comes up, says no goal, so you celebrate. And then he's put, put, put back to the spot again. I don't know why it was retaken. I don't know why it was a penalty in the first place. I don't know why it took so long for it to come up on the screen. And I do you know, know, do you know what? It, it's a great point. On Fantastic point, John, on, on the Brighton fans celebrating. When, when the goal was ruled out, there was a massive cheer. It was almost like Brighton had scored when, uh, when the penalty, um, well, Madison's rebounds going in the net, when that was ruled out. Because nobody realised that it was going to be retaken. And so you had, I mean, the emotions that you're going through yeah. at that time, yeah. it, it's kind of, nobody really wants, who's, who wants to pay for that roller coaster of experience, which uh, none of it's real. I mean, we, we I, I understand the roller coaster of emotions and what football can bring, and it's unpredictable when you go to games. I've paid lots and lots of money over the years to experience that roller coaster, and you can't guarantee happiness when you go to football. Anybody out there relying on their team for happiness, you're having a laugh. It's just never going to happen. Don't bother even trying. But when you come to a football match like this one today, and you don't know what's going on. But you're experiencing that roller coaster, and at the end of it all, it's not real. You've had all those feelings and those extremes of emotion, which is what football is all about for the paying spectator. You've had all those extremes of emotion, and yet none of them are real because you don't know what's going on, and you think you knew, but you didn't. It's, it really is. This is where some people don't understand, John the experience of the fan and why VAR is taken away from it. I think today Adrian, at the Amex, we saw exactly what that means. Adrian, it takes me two and a half hours to get to the Amex, just to be sit in a crowd and not have a clue what's going on. <laughs> Let alone the, the price I pay to get in. It's the price I pay, it costs me fuel now to drive back because I live in Kent. And then the tra- and then I've, I've got to walk across Lewis and get a train from Lewis to Falmer. Cool. All that time I spend getting to and from games and I'm sat in a crowd with no clue what's going on. Do you know, sometimes as well, boys, there are going to be fans who experience maybe two goals that they think their team scored that are choked off. And so what you end up doing yeah. is having people leave the stadium angry, frustrated. You know, there's going to be a lot of that. If we had a vote mid-season, just coming up to halfway season, I think that the... And I was somebody that wanted VAR in. 
if I was asked to vote now for it, I would vote that we, we ditched it. I would vote that as well. John, very quickly on the game, I've been wowing about Vardy. It was a shame Dunk was suspended because I would have liked to have seen how he would have handled him. But Jamie Vardy, was well, you couldn't live with him, could you? Um, I thought Webster did a good job on him in the first half. In the second half, every time that Leicester broke, it was Vardy breaking. I'll give you that. But I thought Webster, in his place, did quite a good job today of handling Vardy, as and when he could, because I don't think I saw a lot of him in the first half. First half, yeah, I agree with you there. It was Leicester were on top, then Brighton came back into it. It was exciting, but no goals. And then I think uh, Leicester's game plan really uh, hit home. But I think there's a lot to be uh, happy about as a Brighton fan. I think, uh, John, thanks for the call. I think that there's positives there. It's, it's such a shame that Dunk didn't play today. But on the break, when, when Brighton were going forward and trying to find a winner or an equaliser in the end, Leicester were absolutely devastating on the break. Let's focus on Everton because a lot of money has been spent in the last few windows, 100,000, uh, 100 million, I should what say. I was about to 100,000 is not a lot, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I could probably spend more than that. <laughs> uh, 14 points at the moment, which puts them in 15th, just four points above relegation. And they lost today, which perhaps is one of the st- most stinging losses, I would say. Everton, nil. Norwich, two. Um, especially Marco Silva's tenure. I mean, that hurts from a team that can't really settle into the Premier League. Um, they're at the moment on 10 points. They've only won three games that's Norwich in 18th at the moment and um, why don't we speak to an Everton fan Peter welcome Peter Hello. Hello. oh Peter oh, wow. oh. I, I probably don't need to ask you how you're feeling but I'm going to do it anyway terrible uh, <laughs> Peter do you know what me and Darren were speaking about this earlier on off air we were saying it's it's so strange at Everton because you can get massive wins against teams in the top six and you can be so brilliant at home and then you can slip up in a game like this to Norwich I think Marco Silva He's got to go. Otherwise, we'll be like a sinking ship and I think we'll get relegated myself and carry on like this. Well, four points at the moment above relegation zone. Do you think, to, uh, Darren, the idea of not getting the best out of his players, is that squad underperforming? Yeah, of course it is, yeah. Um, but yeah, he has got to take responsibility with team selection. Some of the signings you'd have to question. Maybe strengthening in areas they didn't need to strengthen. But I just think where Everton are at the minute they need to do something quite drastic because you're right they're, they're winning games obviously they beat Southampton last week or before the international break 2-1 and that pays over the cracks but there's, there's, there's underlying issues there you're right he's not getting the best out of his players they're not performing well they're not solid to play against away from home they, they struggle a little bit yeah Goodison Park they've got a few good results but for me I think it's I think it's maybe it's time for um for a change I'll freshen up because he's not getting the best out of his players it's like a cycle like he, he gets to the brink he wins a game and then everyone's like okay we've, we've turned the corner well no because the next couple of games they ultimately end up losing What's Marco Silva's legacy going to be if for example he does lose his job at Everton because at the moment there hasn't really been a team where he's succeeded or taken them forward and he's left in in a in a real shadow actually as well well, he must have an, an unbelievable resume or, or, or something when he goes to these, these meetings with the owners to get the job because he, they obviously like him because he, he got employed by Watford and he's come to Everton. They obviously really like what he had to say and they obviously he's selling them a dream of the way he wants to play but really he's not got the players to do that. So, as I said, I do think Everton need a change and as I, I don't really like seeing people lose their job but for me... Evan, to go forward, they need to move on or, or, or just change it or freshen it up because I think first and foremost, they need a manager that's a defensive-minded because they are shipping way too many goals and you know what it's like. If you keep shipping goal after goal after goal, you, you, you'll never win a game. you suggesting Sam Allardyce? Listen, he, I, mean, I know they hated him when he was there, but at the same time, you need someone who's going to get results and it might not be the best football to watch, but 
Everton are not free-scoring team either. They're not like they're scoring two and threes every game. So if you're not scoring goals, mm. but you're conceding every single game, then you please tell me how you're, you're ever going to win any game or get any kind of result. So I think they wanted more attractive football, obviously, um, when Sam was there, and they didn't enjoy that. Um, but there is a manager that some people have been calling back in for, and that is David Moyes. We saw it on social media earlier on. We had a look at the tweets together. Could you see that happening? Um, potentially, yeah, because I'm sure David Moyes would run back there because... You know what I mean? There was a, a period, I think it was there eight or nine years where he, had, he got them real stable as a really mm. tough team. But I don't think they've got the same mentality now as they had back then. You look at some of the leaders in that team when they were so successful back then, like people like Jagielka, Leighton Baines, Sylvan Distan was there. The, these type players, Tim Cahill, these type guys here where they knew what Everton was about. They knew how to play. It was hard to play against. They made good as a bark of fortress. I just don't think this current Everton team has got that same mindset. Let's speak to uh, an Everton fan, Wesley is with us on the show. Everton beaten at home 2-0 by Norwich today. How are you doing, Wes? I'm fine, mate. You? Yeah, I'm not bad. I mean, what now for Marco Silva? He's got to go. Plain and simply. You know, you're talking about all these coaches. You've got Lampard at Chelsea now, what he's doing there. You've got Klopp across the other part, the other side of the park. It's just transformed them into, into one of Europeans' great. And that's because everything starts and stops with the manager. And what's happening at Everton is you're going backwards. I don't know what they're doing in training. Nobody knows what side he's going to pick. You've got across the park, uh, they know exactly what players are playing. They know exactly what position they're playing in. They know exactly what to do on the pitch because they play together every week. What are you doing at Everton? It is, and, and listen, I've followed Everton my whole life. So I feel the way Evertonians feel. And what is happening at Goodison Park now? He has got to go. If he's not gone, if he's not gone by tomorrow, I won't be going to the game again. I'm telling you, Wesley, you're obviously you're upset. But how, if we talk about percentages now of, of Evertonians in the ground today who mm-hmm. want to see him go, what sort of percentage are we looking at? I would say it's it's into into the 90s now. Right. Cool. All my friends, all my pals, the people I speak to, and look, Evertonians are true, and it resonate it's resonating through through every single supporter. What he's doing, he's had enough time now. What he was doing last season, what he's doing this season, he's been given the money by Machiri. He's got to go. And i tell you what else I'd do. I'd, I'd do whatever we can to get Pochettino in. Yeah. Do you think he would take that job, though? God doesn't listen. It's a tough job, but we were in exactly the same position Tottenham were in when he took over Tottenham. So why not? The I think the, reason, other, the other the thing is... The reason Tottenham didn't... didn't Surpass what they were doing is because they didn't they didn't invest in the players. Yeah, at the right time. Will do it's a fair point. I want just very on 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 what happened today and on generally how Everton play ways. I'm intrigued as to why they can't score goals. And I appreciate there's no Harry Kane and no Vardy there, but they do have players. They have they have strikers, and they yeah, should be scoring goals. So what is it about the setup and the way they play that means they can't score goals? Right. Well, obviously, then you're going to look you, you look directly at the play at the players. And if we've got the players, then where else do you look? You look at the coach. What's he doing? It. What's he doing in training? What does he see in training that makes him play Tom Tom Davis and Schneiderlin and one striker at home against the, the worst team apparently in the Premier League? And, that, and, they, and that's the team he picks. That's extraordinary. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Look, you, look, you, 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 you can't you defend at, that, can you? No, you know you can't. No, when you think of the players Everton have invested in, what I what I would have done today is play Moisey Keane. Put him on. He's just scored two for Italy. His confidence will be sky high. Give him the support that he needs to in the Premiership. Put him in. Put a player will be in the number ten, and that, that 
that little bit of pace we need up front, that little bit of guile behind, totally lacking today would have been in there. It would have given us a, a lot flipping better chance than playing Morgan Schneider and he only knows how to pass, pass backwards. And Tom Davis, who can't carry the side on his own. Well, I'll tell you what, Wes, you've got two games coming up on you. You've got, you've got Leicester away, who are flying at the moment, and then Liverpool. Hello. So they're, they're, they're two home dingers, they are. So if, if he is in charge by then, there's a good chance that after those two games, he'll be gone. I'll get me wish. Fingers crossed, Let me just t- take you back to that, what you said about the, the, the makeup of the side. I'm just looking at the side now. Tossum started. Richarlison, Sigurdsson, Walcott are all... All right, Walcott and, and Richarlison are attacking players. So to say mm-hmm. he played one up front, technically you're right. I mean, were, were they tactically, were they too far withdrawn or too far away from Tossum, Walcott and Richarlison to be effective? Right, OK. OK, so if you're going to play Tossum, you play to his strengths, right? And we don't. We don't do that. He can't play a number nine on his own. He can't do it. He needs another one there. So you either play another striker with him or you give him that little bit of intrigue from behind, play a number 10, an intricate number 10, Bernard, a Wolby, somebody like that, who can slip the ball in behind because it's dead easy to defend. You've got no pace. You've got no guy coming from the middle. The wide players don't stick wide. They love to come inside. And then you've got one, one player up front and you hit the ball too long all the time. It's dead easy. I think you should take over, mate. It sounds like you know what you're talking about. I don't understand the Iwobi thing either. How can you pay that? By the way, Man City have equalised. How can you pay that for Iwobi? And then he's on the bench against I Norwich. I know. And then he gives the captain Armand to Sigurdsson, who has, who has been the worst player for Everton this season. What, how does that resonate through Everton players? What do the other Everton players pick up off that? I think there are telltale signs, Ed, when when a manager uh, has lost his way and he, and he can't see the wood for the trees. You know, the sim- uh, t- team selection is usually the thing because I think fans, when they go, they they love their club, they're emotionally involved in it, but they can actually see it. I think a manager sometimes, when he can hear all these different noises and voices and the pressure that's on him, he, they start to over overcomplicate it, they overegg it, and I think that looks like where he is at the moment, Silver. Listen, where's Chinup? Thanks for the. What a brilliant call, by the way. What a, Alvin? What, I mean, he, he's gone deep into tactical, technical detail, um, and he's not he's not coming here shouting and, and ranting about Marco Silva. It's a proper taking apart of what Silva's doing at Everton. Well, he's upset, but the the, the, the big thing that hit me there right, when I said to him, "What percentage now of Everton fans are, are against Silva?" and he said, "90 percent." And when it gets to that level, Adrian, you you you, you don't survive. You don't survive it. Could. Everton get Rafa Benitez. Oh, well, do you know what? Rafa Benitez is the sort of manager that I think that the, that the Everton fans would say, "Yeah, we'd have that," because he knows that you don't go willy-nilly, you don't go attack all, all out. You you go there, you're pragmatic, but you play high up the pitch. You want to put pressure on the opposition, especially at home. And I think you know Newcastle, to a certain degree, is 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 is, is like um, is Goodison. St. James Park and Goodison, they're fervent fans, but they want us to be excited. They want to see their team taking the game to the opposition. Game day, the biggest football league in the world. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. 
T's and C's apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 